As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Basketball Adjacent Podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, I'm your host, Gerald Smith. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Basketball Adjacent Podcast. It's your host, Gerald Smith. Um, I've been taking some time out for work, and so I've been off the podcast for a minute, but I'm back today a very very special guest uh, a good friend of mine by the name of jonah matthews jonah how you doing today good man happy to be here thank you thanks for taking the time to talk to me man appreciate it nah man i appreciate you taking the time out of, of your busy day i know you've been training for the draft and everything like that uh crazy yeah you know man just with this corona stuff and the hoop it's just it's just different this year and um I haven't played an actual game since March 7th, bro, against UCLA. Yeah. You're uh, your alma mater, bro. So, like, uh, I haven't played a game since then. So, like, uh, you have a long offseason, but it's never been this long. Like, you never waited this long to hoop. So, it's different, but it's happening to everybody. So, I'm taking the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. I think this uh, – I feel like the the offseason between college and, and training for the draft is typically long, but this one especially because of COVID, like, it, it's got to be really taking a toll on a lot of people. Yeah, like everybody loves to work out, but you can only work out for so long. Like during the between college and the NBA draft, like you get that workout time for like two and a half months out of college to the draft. You get that like three months off between college and when your season ends. So like this has been like eight. So it's like you work out every day, but sometimes you lose motivation to work out because you're like, I'm not really going to play. So what's the point? But you just got to keep in mind that you're going to play eventually. So you can't lose your touch. But like just get on the court every day um, with good uh, other good hoopers just – Helps you stay focused, uh, try to reach your goal. Yeah, so when is – I know they kept, like, pushing it. When is the draft slated for this year now? It's supposed to be November 18th. That's, like, I haven't heard it change. That's, like, the the date that everybody's – they pushed it back from October to November. So, I guess it's really deadlocked at November 18th now. All right, all right, for sure, for sure. Um, So, walk us through, like, what a, a typical day for you looks like now as you're going through that preparation and there's not, you know, much else to do. It's Monday through Friday, bro. Just literally in the morning, we'll wake out. We'll work out from 8 to 10, and then we'll sleep or we'll do whatever from 10 to 1. And then we go lift weights from 3.30 to 5.30. So that's every day. But between then, I've actually been, like, starting this coding line, bro. So that keeps me a lot busier than if I was just hooping. So, like, between that time I'm done working out or not really working out or doing anything, I just work on the clothes and – start my business so it's it's been keeping me a lot busy and i'm just it's been doing that yeah yeah do you have like a, a set group of guys that you work out with or, or train with every day uh yeah it's like me and my brother um 
a lot of enemies, uh, Grant Riller, these dudes, are, well, they shoot, I shoot 360, work out with them all the time. So they're waiting for a draft. It's like, that's my brother's still over here. He hasn't, he's not going over there yet. So it's a lot of pro guys that are still here. Chimez, Zimed, too, comes and works out sometimes. So, you know, it's a, it's a different guys, but it's usually the same core group of four guys. You play two-on-two, one-on-ones, skill work. It's the the whole nine. So it's just good to go up against dudes that are looking to be in the NBA and our dudes are already pros. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. All right, well, we'll get we'll get back into a little bit of that, but I want to give the the people, you know, a, a bit of a history lesson on Jonah Matthews. You know, we're gonna let's walk through your your time at, at SC, man. So, what first of all, like uh, of all your choices coming out of high school, why was that your choice? Like, I feel like Pac-12 may have been easy no brainer because your big bro played at Cal, um, so you probably got a, a decent amount of exposure to that conference. But why why USC? Um, you know, brother, it was also like a, a living situation. It's like okay, I, I, if I'm not going to be a top two draft pick or the top two years leaving, I'm going to have to live in this place for four plus years. So, like, Gonzaga was a great basketball program, great everything. But, like, I'm from L.A. originally, so going to Spokane would have been, like, a culture shock to me for four years. And it's cold. So, and then all the other schools, like, around the Pac-12, like, besides UCLA, it was, just like, it was like, a no-brainer. Like, USC was on the come-up that year. Like, that's when they just had finished, like, a really good season. I was going to come in something different, but – I got to have my parents get to see me play every game. That was big. I wasn't trying to have them travel all the time. They got to see me every game. My dad kind of practiced when he wants to. And a lot of my family members right here. So, and the school is just a great school, socially, educationally, and athletically. So it was really easy for me to pick that when it came down to it. Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, I was a walk-on at UCLA, but, you know, I, I had a, a couple of different places that I could have went, and I chose to go to UCLA specifically for it. Similar to that reason you said, like, I knew that I wasn't going – to the league or, or anybody's, you know, playing pro anywhere. And so I made the choice to stay home in LA and go to UCLA because like you said, your whole network is out here, bro. Yeah. Like, not just your family. You got friends that you done grown up with your entire life. You want them to be able to come see you play too. And at the same time, it's like people, people want to come to LA. So why do I want to leave it? Like, I, like exactly. people were like, even though I'm from here, like people say you stay at home. Like, why do I want to leave LA if people want to come to? It's like a hot spot. And then people was like, UCLA, USC, UCLA is like people's dream schools to go to. So it was like, why would I leave this place? Why it's, it's it's in LA, it's in the base. Like we're in the SC, just different. Like UCLA, USC in downtown LA or just anywhere in LA, just like, it's just different. It's different by a different meaning. I feel like that's, it's, it's great for your personal network too, because you know, you have your, you have your parents, you have your network of friends, you have, you know, everybody that you've kind of connected with growing up in LA. And then you go to a school like USC or for me, UCLA, where you meet, like whether it's in LA or people that are not from LA that are going to school there, you meet so many people that are likely going to end up based in LA, you know, after, after college is over sure. and you have so many different people that you can tap into, you know, you know, whether it be for your, for your clothing line, fashion related or something business related, if you want to start a business and stuff like that. So I, I really, I really feel that. Yeah, for sure. bro. like, I, I, you see, like, it's so diverse. Like you get kids from the East coast, you get kids from the, like the, um, the Midwest, you get kids from the South, like you get kids from overseas. Like it's, you could be, I met so many kids there that do a lot of different things. So now that they're my friends, like I can have them, like, if they have interest in this, I can tap into that. They're interested in the business. I can tap into that. Like, this is so many outlets I have now. And like, they have the thing called the Trojan Network or Trojan Family. And that's like real. Like, there's people that own like businesses. And like, just because you're a Trojan, they'll they'll hire you just off that. Right. So that's really good to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. So how did you kind of see? Let's talk about like your actual playing career at USC. How did you see your your role kind of 
uh, progressed as you went from year to year starting? Obviously, you played a lot as a freshman, which is a, a true testament to you and your game, because a lot of people going into a program like USC don't really have the opportunity to do that. Right. It, it was at first it was hard. I'm not going to lie, because coming out of high school, you average like 30. You're used to shooting every shot you want. Um, coach not really saying anything to you. And like I can't I was a point guard at that point. So I came in SC thing. I'm going to play the point. But we already had McLaughlin. We had De'Anthony yeah. Melvin like, coming in with me. So it was like I had to play the two game, which isn't hard. Cause, like I know how to score. But also just like knowing that you're not the man. That's like their first culture shock. Like you're not the man anymore. Like you're at the bottom of the totem pole at this point as a freshman. But um, they used me in spots that I was good at. I was really good at, on, on defensive end. I could shoot threes and make shots. So in my first two years, that was my role on the team. Defend and make shots. But when we lost, when we, my junior year came up, they put the ball in my hands a lot more. I became more of a point guard, two guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call it. I became more of that and just had the ball in my hand. They trust me more. Um, so that really expanded my game and just, uh, their trust for me. But my senior year, like I was running the point, calling the plays, looking to make plays for people. They're calling plays for me. Like it, it, it was a really good um, expansion of my game. It really helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to you got a chance to play with a, a lot of really good dudes on those USC teams. Uh, you mentioned Jay Mack, Jordan McLaughlin, uh, De'Anthony Melton, Chemezi, uh, Benny Boltwright. Talk to talk to me about a little bit about your teammates. Who was your favorite person to play with, and and what what was it like going to, to battle with those guys every day? Um, I don't have a, a specific a particular favorite, but like I would say the the person that you want to play with would be Jordan McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. Like he taught me so much from just being just being around him, watching film with him, just talking to him about basketball like he taught me so much just in the ins and outs of the game and like he's a great point guard to play with like he'll find junior spots he's never rattled he's always calm like he knows the play he knows everything like, on the back of his hand so if you need anything you can talk to him but just going to compete with those guys day in and day out of practice like the intensity that they brought is why they're in the pros now and like yeah. just talking to him every day and just being around him just the aura of the team which is different um and that really helped me for my next year when they left. And I still keep, like, my senior year, I still kept in contact with them. Like, even after games, I would talk to them. Like, how would you feel after this? Like, how would you handle this? And it's him, those older guys being there for me from the jump was really, like, something that a lot of people don't have. Like, a lot of – some schools of seniors aren't really there for them. So – or they're for the freshmen or young kids. So, like, it was – it's just good to have um, dudes like that who just, like, stick around and just help you progress. Yeah, facts, facts. I've always said that that Jordan is one of the the best point guards I've seen come out of California because I remember yeah. playing against him in high school. Um, obviously, I didn't I didn't play as much in college, so I didn't have the chance to to go head uh, head to head with him in college. But playing against him in high school was different, bro. Like he was sneaky, athletic. Um, sneaky, like, like yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he, he got this. He got this dunk. Like I can remember it like it was yesterday. We were playing Stanford at home. Like. It was like a steal on a press. And like, I thought it was going to be a regular J-Mac layup. Like, nah, he punched it. And I was like, whoa. Everybody was like shocked. Like, whoa. Like, we didn't know you had that. I was like, he's had that for a minute. He's never, he hasn't brought it out in a while. Yeah. So it's just crazy. See, and he's like sneaky quick. Really finish around the rim. Like, and he can really pass. Like, people say he can't pass. Like, he can really pass. Like, he make passes behind his head, through the legs, behind his back. Like, he's just really good all around, I think. I think he's yeah. tough. I think if he grows in his role, the Timberwolves, like, He's going to get used to the game in the NBA. He's really hard to guard downhill off pick and roll. So this yeah. guy's doing it for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I kind of saw this floating around on Instagram last week. I think it was uh, on the USC basketball Instagram. Um, they had did a takeover with uh, your boy Nick uh, Rakosevic, or however, mm -hmm. however you pronounce his last mm -hmm. name. Rakosevic, yeah. About, um, his all-time USC starting five. Yeah. So who, who, who do you put, uh, beside yourself, who do you put in your all-time USC starting five? Uh, I'm going Jordan McLaughlin, Elijah Stewart, De'Anthony Melton, 
Benny Bowright, Shemezi met too. All Easy. Right. Easy. Right. And Nick, if Nick is Nick is right there, like it, it just position wise, because we already have a five. Like Nick is right in there. Like if I had to have Benny, Nick would be right there. He's that that is a uh, we had that team. We were we were good, man. Yeah. We were really good. So no love, no love for for older generations. I think mine was mine was tough for the one. It was a toss up between J Mac and Gabe Pruitt, and then I had yeah, uh, Gabe Pruitt was cold, but like. Also, but I, I'm forgetting Swaggy P and Taj. I'm forgetting all them, but like, yeah, I just, the dudes I've seen like us, us play like we had record breakers on that team. Like I broke the three point, J Mac broke the assist record, Smezzy for blocks, Nick for rebounds. Like Elijah Stewart and Benny Burrow are right there, right behind me for the record for three. So it's like there's record breakers on that. But like Gabe Pruitt and the old the old generation, they were cold too. I can't, I can't, I can't attest to that. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts. So let's talk about uh, your last game. At USC, it was a, a game winner that was seen nationwide. I hate that it had to be against UCLA. I was sitting, I was sitting in front of my TV, man, and I was watching, and I, I saw you, I saw you get the ball and dribble down the court, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "This, this dude is gonna, he's, he's gonna <laughs> game it right here." And then you got the switch with a big man on you, and I was like, "All right, this, that's it." Just right, knowing, it, just knowing you and your character, I was like, "That's it." It, um, it was, it was crazy, bro. Like, I'm honest. People ask me, like, "Would you rather have missed that free throw?" Because Cody Riley made both, mm-hmm. which is like. I was like, okay, he's going to miss one. He made both. So I was like, okay, I'm happy you made it. Because I get the field to miss, I would have to rush, get the rebound, come down. Like, I got to patiently get the ball out, dribble down. And then watching the film on them, they switched one through five. They did they did the last time to me at UCLA. I hit the three on Jalen Hill there. But to me, personally, I thought they are going to trap. So I wasn't even going to try to make a move. And so I thought they were going to trap. So I was, trying to, I was trying to hedge out. But then he gave me the angle downhill. And then he cut it off, and I it was it was like like a workout shot, bro. Like you know, how you just drill the workout, yeah. you do that, and it felt like this is like a workout shot. And when I shot it, it felt like I was literally by the gym. I was in the gym alone, like nobody was there, but it was me and one of my coaches. Like, that was like your your father stretched my hands moment. Where you, you bro, were I, I, bro, honestly, I was like, it felt like nobody else was in the gym. Like I, people asked me, like, "What'd you hear?" Like, I couldn't hear anything. Like when I made it, I th- I didn't know I couldn't hear anything. I just. It went in, and I was like, okay, like, we won. And then when, like, the buzzer sounded, bro, it was like, everything came back to life. And, like, my teammates were rushing me. It was it was something crazy. That's the one, like, watching one it, the Watching it on TV, I think you hit the shot, and you kind of just stopped. And, and yeah. stood there and watched like, it go in. And then they cut straight to your parents, bro. Like, it was it was such, like, as a, as a, as a UCLA, former UCLA player and a UCLA fan, I was hurt. But as a friend of yours, I was like, damn. Like, I couldn't have imagined – a better moment for you and that being your senior night at home versus your crosstown rival like that right that, the moment was insane it was like every in the night before that bro which is really weird like my boy daniel told me he was on the team called me i was like bro something's destined to happen tomorrow like something's in the air and i was like what do you mean He's like bro something's destined like you're either gonna break the record we're gonna we're gonna win on some crazy game winning shot and i was like well you think so bro like, i think this is gonna be a regular game like this will come down to the wire but like it's not gonna be a game winner after the game, he was like, "Bro, I told you something was in the air," and I was like, "Yo, like, that's crazy." But I, because I was, I was talking to one of the CBS dudes before the game, or before we had we had practice to be there before that, and he was, I was, I was like, three, four shots or five shots away from like the three point record. Not even know, I didn't know that at that time. Yeah. I was telling my coaches like, and they're like, "You gonna get the record tomorrow?" And I not knowing that like we weren't gonna play a Pac twelve tournament, I was thinking like I have a whole bunch of time to break the record. And I was like, "No, like I'm breaking tomorrow." Like at senior night, like that's the best way to do it. I was telling my coach, like, I'm I'm gunning today. Like, <laughs> I'm going to, like, Kobe on his last game. I was, I'm getting this record. So, like, I feel like after I got the record, it was like, okay, that's something that's destined to happen in a game. That game really went, like, chronologically, like, 
it was destined to happen. Like the way he made both free throws, the timing on the clock, like the way the setup was, it was like, it, it was, it was a, the story was already written. So what that shot, I, I feel like, I don't think it was that one, but was that one, the one that broke the record? I think it was the one nah, it before was that. One before that when yeah. like big O like got the rebound and kicked it back out. And I was like, well, like two minutes left. And everybody was like, oh, he broke the record. And like, it showed it. And I didn't even know at the time I wasn't even counting. I was yeah, just shooting. So you were, adrenaline wise you were already on 10 because it's like you 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 hit the shot you break the record and it's like all right like how can this how can this get better and then it gets better by you hitting the game winner i was already on cloud i was already on cloud nine hitting the the shot but i didn't the thing was i was just i was just feeling like i was making shots i feel like i was just high i didn't even know the record was broken yet because i I didn't even look at the big screen i was so locked into the game so like when they when my my coach was telling me like the record's broken i was oh yeah like I'm in now. I was really, I was really, on, I was already on one when I, at that point. So just to have that happen in both games, like truly just in this is insane. Yeah. Could you, at that time, could you have imagined that that shot would be the end of your college career? I, not at all, bro. Like to keep it a hundred percent. Like when I hit that shot, when we won, I was thinking like, cause our team at that point was on a roll. Like we were really like clicking offensive and defense. We were locking up. Like we were, had strong camaraderie on offensive end. Like, everybody knew where everybody was supposed to be in spots. Like, we just had a, a great, like, feeling for everybody on the court. And I was thinking, like, March Madness. Like, what are we going to do in March Madness? We're going to go Pac-12 and kill it. And it's the way the Pac-12 was set, the tournament was set up. Like, we watched the game before. Washington beat Arizona. Oh, Washington just beat Arizona by, by, like, two. We beat Arizona twice. on uh, So, on a neutral, I was thinking, like, we're going to get them. And then Oregon was that way without one of their players. So, like, on that side, we had Oregon State UCLA. So I was thinking Pac-12 championship and then good seating for my mind was even on like the shot anymore. So it was just weird, like to be like, wow, that was my last game. But like people tell me like not a lot of people end their careers on a, on a game winner, let yeah. alone a make. So yeah. at that yeah. time, it's like, okay, I got to be blessed. And when did, when did you guys find out um, that, that COVID was kind of going to, was going to take away the, the, the Pac-12 tournament? Was it- um, so we flew out there, bro. Not even like we, 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 cause COVID at that time wasn't like, well, it was like a, a like a herd about thing. Like it wasn't, people were getting cases of like dying. It was like a thing that people were like, Hey, watch out for COVID. We were thinking like, okay, like it's not going to be a pandemic. It's just something that's going around right now. So we're thinking like, we're, we're still going to play. I'm thinking, we're going to, we're playing tomorrow. So we watched the Washington game and I knew it when they started regulating fans at the Washington, Arizona game. I was like, okay, like either we're going to play tomorrow or they're going to regulate fans. I was hoping like, please just have no fans. I don't really care. Yeah. And we got, and then once I saw the big 10 and then the SEC and all them cancel, I was like, we're done. We're done. We're going home. I was going to say a lot of people, uh, at least on Twitter, um, a lot of people were kind of, not feeling the fact that they were going to have people play without fans. But my, I like, I was like any basketball player, like I know you feed off energy from the fans, but I'd rather poop with no fans than not hoop at all. You know, Right. I mean? Like people with fans is cool, bro. But at the same time, it's like, if they weren't there, you're still playing. Like right. you're still, the game's going to go the game. The adrenaline of the game is going to be the same, but I was hoping just know, just regulate the fans. I want to play. So it was just like heartbreaking. And then it was even more heartbreaking because, my two, one of my two, my two closest friends now, Quinn Adlish and Daniel Tillman, were like grad transfers who want to go to March Madness. Like I've been, I wanted to go again, but they came to SC to go to to go to March Madness. Was what you? That's what they came here for. So like I was more heartbroken for them that they worked this whole this whole season and were about to achieve something and it didn't go through. So I was hurt for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
So now, as you're, as you're preparing for the pros, how has that that last college season being cut short kind of affected the approach that you take to like your preparation for the next level? Like, do you it's feel just like, like a- you have a chip on your shoulder going into the draft, or, or how how do you feel? How do you approach that? For sure, because you know you see draft boards, you see guys you played against that are better than and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like you work out every day, but you're just like you got to be thankful because like you never know it could be your last day playing or last day hooping, whatever. So like I take every day it's like okay I'm blessed to hoop but like at the same time it's like I wanna I wanna get to where I wanna where to where I wanna be so I can prove myself improve I can do so it's like it's like both of those things but you just gotta take it day by day and just be blessed you get the hoop because back before COVID, pre COVID it's like we were doing practice oh we got practice tomorrow like ah we got practice tomorrow Saturday morning it was like that and that was like two weeks after COVID everybody's like please give me some practice like let me hoop somewhere so it's like, it's a it's a mixture of both. For sure, for sure. So what, outside of basketball, what do you think you'll miss most about your time at USC? This is social life, bro. Like, people say in college, like, it's like work, it's like school and your sport or whatever, and then social life. It's like at USC, you can incorporate that into both. Like, there's so many different things you can do. Like, so many people, things I've met, like, you can hang with the frat dude. There are a lot of frat friends. Like, you could do that on days. The key is, like, finding people outside of your basketball team to hang out with because, you know, sometimes you be you beat the team a lot. So like you get the outlet to just hang out with other people. And I just I just missed like the freelance he gave you to do whatever you want. Like they it's just so many hours for you to do stuff with other people and just I don't I'm gonna miss that the most. Just going to campus center at twelve o'clock and seeing all your friends and like just eating to be able to talk. Like that's what I miss the most is that the social aspect. Yeah. Um talk to me about one person in specific. I see a lot on your Instagram that you do a lot of collaborations and content uh with this girl katie defeo who who uh went to to Mm -hmm. with you um talk a little bit about your relationship and how like her content um you know really helps you know helps you as far as like like your own brand and and everything like that because i've i've been seeing i I read her story about how she was a was she like a lacrosse player yeah bro so like katie um I, we, I met her, weirdest thing I met her, bro. So we had this thing called Athlete Invite at SC. It's where, like, like you have the invites where, like, all the frat dudes go to with their girls, like, all that stuff. They have, we had the Athlete Invite, which athletes don't get to go out a lot and do that stuff. So they have one for us every year. We had one, like, a little pregame, and she, her and all her cross friends came, and, like, I, I would see her videos and her vlogs already. So after that, bro, that night we just chopped it up, had humor, and after that, bro, we just, like, became close. We had class together, so – She's one of probably one of the coolest people I'm in SC like through and through. Bet, bet, bet. Um, so moving on from from SC, like during the pandemic, um, outside of training for the draft, I can imagine it's tough to focus on other things because you don't really want to jeopardize some of the time that you spend preparing for the draft. But how do you find yourself spending your time nowadays when you're not hooping? Like I know we went through your day and it's kind of, you know, hoop in the morning take a little break, you know, lift, take a little break, maybe get some more shots up after that. But what are, I know you mentioned your clothing line. What are some of the other ways that you, uh, that you kind of step away from basketball? I just doing that, bro. Like uh, clothing line stuff like that. But also like, since my life, like a couple of my friends are overseas Hooper right now. So like I'll hop on the call of duty with them, like a couple, like an hour a day, like just, so everybody can just be together and just give them some time. Cause I know overseas is hard. People you get to talk to at home, different time zones. So I try to keep up with them, but I really come up, become a call of duty a call of duty fiend bro like i usually not even play online now i'm on it like my friends hit me up you on like no i'm on it like let's get it so i'm like now i'm pretty good at it so like i literally do that bro like i do my clothes i'll play, I'll play call of duty and then i'll just chill with my family bro i really got into uno 
became super competitive at Uno. So, like, that's what I just do now. Like, there's not a lot of stuff to do outside of can't really go out to a bar and eat. Like, you have to sit out. It's just a lot of regulations that I don't want to deal with. So, just doing stuff to keep in touch with my friends and families while I keep my mind off it. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about the clothing line. What's kind of what, what inspired you to want to start your own clothing line, first and foremost? It's just like, bro, people always say, like, you have good style. Like, you, like, they'll say, you have fits, bro. Like, you, I knew you know how to dress, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm a big Travis Scott fan, like, huge. So, like, I see what he posts on Instagram, like, his fits, the way he rocks stuff. Like, just the trends, bro, I've been seeing. So, like, I had a, I've had an idea for a while. So, like, I just started one day, uh, one night, to start designing clothes. And the next day, it led to me getting a trademark blur through Taylor. And the next day, just, like, through getting, like, it just, it just became a process. And, like, I was showing people my stuff, like, what I had. And they were like, yo, like, this could pop. Like, it's dope. Um, I was talking to Max Hazard about it, too, because he has a yeah. brand scene, which is, like, going crazy right now with his yeah. hat like the design he's like bro like yeah like this is what this is what's in so you should do it so after that bro i got feedback good feedback from people i just started designing stuff and supposed to be printed out next week was a drop in like two weeks so like it's, it's exciting no doubt yeah i had max on the pod uh, a few weeks ago before i took a little break and we we went through everything about brand scene and some of the the struggles that that he went through trying to manage it while playing during college and then right. kind of how it's kind of blown up now like i feel like the championship run between the lakers and the dodgers and some of the stuff he put out uh in the past couple weeks has really taken the brand to the next level man like that how he put out the lakers and the la of the dodgers logo like yeah son that 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 that, that's hard so i was seeing and everybody's like posting it like even like lebron was work watching uh was watching um i think it was anthony edwards workout and he had like one of the brand scene shirts on like all that's all it takes to be honest like somebody wearing your stuff and it gets out like oh what is that so like now he has it and he's up. So like I'm happy for my bro. Yeah. So what uh are you are you are you able to share the name of the brand just yet, even though it hasn't dropped yet? Oh yeah, bro. It's called uh Saints and Sinners, bro. Oh, all right. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's That's cool. Hard. Like when the design comes out, like like I, I I've like I've never felt so good about something besides like my game. Like I felt tight about my game and stuff like that. But like this is like someone like, okay, yeah, like this really pop. Like this, this is the type of clothes that I have in my room, like. I try to model that for like off white, like fear God, and like take like the simplicity of what they do in theirs, it's incorporated to yours. Cause like people like basic, but like it catches your name. Like fear God's like basic clothing, but like just the fear God right here on the logo on the left. Like, like it's like, what is that? Essentials. Like yeah. it just catches your eye. Now it's popping. So like literally, it's all it takes is some, just like some simplicity and people to catch it and then you're up. So like I'm just trying to model that. Just in off white, they use like their imagery, like the stuff they do, like the little, quotations like just little stuff like that that's how they do it so that really inspired me to get going so um when it drops about two weeks i'll i'll sure to send you some merch bro no doubt bro hook me up you know i show love i post i got you bro i got you hook me up hook me up um i mean the last question that i have for you bro is um you know obviously we we've all been following your path through usc and now as you've been preparing for the draft what is it like what 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 kind of approach do you take to preparing for the draft like knowing like okay they have these draft boards where they have you know you know they got 60 dudes that are that are projected to go wherever they're projected to go do you do you listen to a lot of that do you read a lot of those how do you approach you know some of the other people that are in the draft you know that that you're kind of facing up against uh not really like I talked to my boy Jalen Hands and he was saying the same thing he was over here like dudes on draft boards are better than me like but I got drafted late so like it's not about it's all politics like they may be better they may be better than you maybe better than them but like he got drafted like 56 57 he was like yeah. i'm in though i got drafted like yeah. it's not even about that he's like bro just 
play your game. But I've heard a lot of people, like people try to go into the draft process, trying to do stuff they can't do. And that hurts them more. So like, I'm going to do what I do. I can shoot, I can score, I can play defense. That'll get me a long way. But like, also it's just like knowing the league isn't easy. Like people think the league is, you're going into the league. It's like, oh, I'm in the league. Like, no, you're going against Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, dudes that are, are, are they out there to kill you. So like, I think that's the preparation too, just knowing and going into it, knowing it is a grown man's league. And there's some players in there who, 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 who do business. It's their job. So I think just having that on your shoulder and working out towards that every day, like lifting, you got to be strong. You got to be big. You got your skills got to be fluid. Like you get your shot off in three dribbles, like just taking that stuff to the draft and just incorporating that with a chip on your shoulder really has helped me a long way. Just hearing people tell me and just talk about it is just, it's helped me a long way. And having a brother that's a pro and been through the process helps a long way too. He's yeah, told me like, gonna, that was going to be my next question is how much, how much do you rely on, on your big brother for, for like insights on, on the whole process and, and kind of the road that he took to the draft and where he is now? I've been relying on him since I was a freshman in college. So he's been through everything before I had the trials. So I was asking questions. I was a freshman, like when I had a bad game, like my first five games of college was like, I had zero points was to like, it was a shock, but I've never not, not scored. Yeah. It seems like, bro, this is a freshman year slump. And if I didn't have him to tell me that, my head would have gone other places. So like he told me it happens to the best. Everybody has seen a freshman year slump. You're not used to the game. And then over the years, even going to the pro process, he told me, like, don't try – like, he's the first person that told me, don't try to do stuff you couldn't do because that's what they look for. Like, in the league, they look for stuff that you do well. And, like, they know your game already before you do. So if they try to see you do stuff that you can't do, um, it looks bad on you. So he's helped me a lot, and that's relying on him for anything, little things. Yeah, facts, facts. I appreciate you, bro. Is there anything that, that you know, you, you want the people to know about you or anything that you're doing um, as of late before we sign off? I, mean, I just, I'm just going to tell the people, um, I know it's been a long time, eight months, but I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> we working. We're just working. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate, appreciate you, you on the pod, man. Uh, this has been the Basketball Jason Podcast uh, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gerald Smith. Big thank you to my guy, Jonah Matthews. Check him out on social media at Jonah.Matthews2. That's Matthews with one T. Um, that's, that's, that's a little different than, than your typical Matthews. <laughs> For um, sure. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for taking the time. I hope we can talk again. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and tune in to the Basketball Adjacent Podcast on your favorite audio platform or always on Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Interested in advertising on the Basketball Adjacent Podcast? Hit me up on any social platform at, at Gerald H. Timms. That's at sign J-E-R-R-O-L-D-H-T-I-M-S. And stay tuned for updates on bi-weekly episodes and what to expect next. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 